Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 21, week 21, volume 21. Big show, exciting show this week. We've got all the Mosh news. We've got a couple of Mosh reviews for you. And I sit down for a Mosh interview with an absolute legend of a dude, an absolute sick chat with Danny of Canadian hardcore band Get The Shot. All of that is coming up in the show. Let's start things off with Mosh News. Now, we have had a bit of everything this week. We've had a few music videos. We got a couple of tours announced. And there was some other big news. Now, first off, music videos. We had a new music video by Japanese metalcore guys, Crossfaith. They released a new song called The Perfect Nightmare. Sounds really good. Crossfaith have been an interesting band. They're metalcore, but they throw in this electronic element. They've dropped a lot of EPs over the last few years, and apparently this song, The Perfect Nightmare, will be coming off their new album. No other details known at the moment, but really enjoyed the song. It's a bit more straightforward, a bit heavier than usual. Really enjoying it. That music video is on our website and social medias. We also got a new music video from Kane Hill. The song is called It Follows, and that's off their most recent album that was reviewed on the show. I think episode one, it might have been episode two. That music video is on our website and social medias. Another interesting music video and announcement was made. A band called Painless has now assembled together. That is the ex-members of Amua coming together with a new vocalist, very new metal. If you're into that kind of thing, you're really going to enjoy it. They also dropped the news of a debut EP will be coming out on June 22nd. All that information is on our website and social medias. We also got news this week that British alt-rockers Black Peaks have their album coming out very soon and they also dropped a new music video. The album will be called All That Divides and it will see its release on October 5th through Rise Records and BMG. And the music video they dropped is for their song Home. Really catchy band, really interesting band. Uh, They're blowing up in England but they haven't quite here yet. I think this album might take them to the next level. We also got a music video from English Bruises Jonestown. And that is going to come off their new album that's coming out this year. And really excited to see where this band goes. Jonestown are a band that when I was in England, they were getting a lot of shows, building up a big support base and some exciting things ahead for them. They haven't quite taken off anywhere else outside of England yet. Maybe this album will be their opportunity. That single and all the details we know on that album are on our website and social medias. We also got this week, Jesus Peace have unleashed a new music video for their brand new song, Curse of the Serpent, which will be coming off their debut full-length, Only Self, which is out August 24th through Southern Lord Records. And fuck, yes, Jesus Peace are one of those hardcore bands that are up there really pushing things and making the sound of hardcore their own and fresh. 
Really exciting song, and that is going to be one of the most exciting albums, I think, of this year in that style. All that information about the album and the music video are on our website and social medias. We also, this week, got a new Chelsea Grin music video for their song Hostage, which is off their upcoming album, Eternal Nightmare, which gets its release July 13th, and I don't know... It's it's this genre of deathcore. I, I'm not excited by it anymore. It's starting to feel a bit mundane. The music video is interesting because there's a lot of puddles being stomped in as the breakdowns hit. And you, I've spent most of my time laughing and waiting for the next puddle to be stomped on rather than really enjoying the music. You want to give that a spin and get into it. That is on our website and social medias. Big news this week came out of Killswitch Engage Camp, they have signed to Metal Blade Records. They're finally switching things over. After 16 years and six albums on Roadrunner Records, they're now going to be part of the Metal Blade family. The album will also be released next year. We thought it might have been coming out this year, but Jesse Leach has been having issues with his vocals. We also know that there's quite a big tour they're doing at the moment in Europe with Iron Maiden, and then they're coming down here with Thyart and Parkway. So this is an exciting next chapter for Killswitch. Can't wait to finally hear some new music. All of that information and statements from the label and band are on our website and social medias. We had some big news on the local front. Alpha Wolf have announced the new era of the band And when I mean new era, I mean the new members of the band. Alpha Wolf, unfortunately, went through some hard times and some media turmoil following the departure of their previous vocalist, Aiden. All of that information regarding that is on our website and social medias. I don't really want to go into it. But they have announced the new vocalist is Lockie. Now, Lockie is from Melbourne metalcore band Earthender. And he's not the only new guy in the band. They've also announced Mitch Fogarty on drums. Now, Mitch is a bit of a who's who with who he's played with and worked with. He's helped out Iconoclast. He's helped out Gravemind, Feeder to the Sharks, Awaken I Am. He's done a lot, so he's behind the kit. be really exciting to see where Alpha Wolf go from here. They did release such a stellar fucking album last year. So it's really exciting times now they're marching forward they aren't hesitating and really good to see that they have finally cemented a new lineup tour news this week was boris the blade the brutal boys from melbourne are about to tour throughout august in celebration of their upcoming album infernum the tour is going to be taking place across most of the major cities so, a bit of a double exciting news. Boris the Blade, new album, Boris the Blade Tour. They're doing the tour with iValiance. Make sure you get along and support both the bands. And when that album comes out, we will be reviewing it. All ticketing information and tour information is on our website and social medias. But that wasn't the only tour that was announced this week. A massive, massive regional tour was announced. Viard is Murder are going to be smashing up all of those regional towns this August 
with Alpha Wolf antagonist AD and Zyle. Really exciting tour, especially for myself. I live up in the Sunshine Coast in Queensland and the tour kicks off right around the corner from me. Big tour, big mix of styles here. We've got Thy Art is Murder, who are deathcore. You've got Antag and Zyle, who are hardcore. And then you've got Alpha Wolf, that's kind of new metal meets metalcore. Really exciting tour. I really recommend you grab a ticket. You do not want to miss out. Another reason you want to get to this show, apart from all of that amazing talent and amazing bands, is all of these shows are going to be in a smaller venue. Seeing Thy Art crush it on a smaller scale is just going to be devastating. So make sure you get your ticket. All the ticketing information is on our website and social medias. And the last bit of news this week is the return of Azale Dying. Azale Dying, after over five years, have returned with a new song called My Own Grave. And the whole lineup is back. The classic, most celebrated lineup is back. Now, of course, the band haven't been around since about 2014 when Tim Lambesis went to prison. This song is going to divide people. Some people are going to enjoy it and be able to set aside the issues that Tim Lambesis brought onto himself. Some people won't be able to. I think no matter what, I think we have to admit that probably one of the biggest bands of the last decade, Azalea Dying, are back. There's obviously been some mending in the band's camps because the band were very much coming out publicly saying things against each other for a long time. They clearly have put that to a side. There must be something positive going on within that camp. Now, whether you're going to celebrate it, back it or not is your own decision. That's the whole thing of music is you can back whatever you want. You can like whatever you want. I think the thing is if you don't like it, you don't support it, then leave it alone. It's like anything. If you don't like this, then leave it. Don't get all over social medias and start slandering it and giving your pointless two cents in because there's no need for it. If you don't like it, stay away from it. I really, really enjoy this song. Lambesis is one of the few artists that I am able to separate the music from what he's done. At the end of the day, I love this band and I have since day one and I still do. I still listen to Azalea Dying. Even after everything that's gone on, I still enjoy listening to the music. So this next chapter is going to be very much talked about. It's going to be very much publicized. And, you know, there will be more things to come from this. We will probably have some statements. We will have maybe a video or two. It is also interesting that Azalea Dying have announced a show in California for next week so it'll be interesting what happens there we'll keep you updated with any information we know if you want to hear the song get on our website and social medias you can find the song there get on your streaming devices if you don't agree with what's happened and you don't like this band then avoid it just going to leave it at that i really don't have anything else to say but horns up i enjoyed it So that's it for Mosh News this week, all wrapped up, done and dusted. Of course, make sure you're subscribed and visiting our website on a regular basis. The website, of course, is www.themoshzone.com. 
Also, don't forget to like and follow our social medias, which are all at The Mosh Zone. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you're following us and paying close attention because we keep you updated when we know all of the information. So it's time for Mosh Reviews, and we're going to keep things simple and to the point like we have over the last few weeks. We've got some feedback since we've started doing it this way, and it seems like everyone is enjoying this. So, fuck, let's keep it going. So first up this week is the new album by Alien Weaponry called Two, and it is their debut album out on Napalm Records. These guys are from New Zealand, and when I say they're young... They're freakishly young. These guys, none of them have even come close to turning 20. Fresh out of high school, if not just finishing high school. Now, this is their debut album, and this album oozes not only aggression, but it beats with a tribal sound. Alien Weaponry have found a way to make sure they include all of their Maori heritage, not only in the language and lyrics that they use, but also in the sounds that they've incorporated. They've got a quite a mature sound going for themselves at such a young age, and it's a very thrash-sounding album. It feels like it's caught between Sepultura and Slayer at times, but then it's got this groove and heaviness that feels very hatebreed as well. They've got a very crunchy tone, And they really do know how to do their instruments well. If you have to really pinpoint any negative, and unfortunately there are a few, it's that at times it feels very one-trick pony. It feels like every song starts to meld into the other. But as soon as you give that criticism, you immediately take it back when you realise that they aren't even 20 years old. So this band have a long way to go and if this is their debut then I think the sky is the limit. Being able to have such a thrashy sound and a heritage feel to it you have to give them mass props as well that I've mentioned earlier. The band are going through teething pains as a way of saying it but once they start getting into probably their third or fourth album we'll really start seeing alien weaponry at their full potential. The album we are talking about is two. It is by Alien Weaponry, and we give it a 7 out of 10. Next up for review is the new EP by Our Anchored Hearts called Fear. Now, these guys are from Australia, and they're pretty much essentially playing deathcore, slightly metalcore. It's five tracks, and... I don't know, it, it's one of these bands that they're doing that sound that we've heard a million times before, and I just couldn't get into it. There's a lot of talent there, they've got the ability, they'll play some good shows, but I think this genre and this style is dying, just like new Metal did back in the early 2000s. I think Deathcore is on its way out, so I'll be interested to see what this band do from this point on, but if you're into Deathcore give this a go. If you're not into deathcore and you couldn't give two shits, then just avoid it because it sounds very regurgitated. It sounds very samey. It's just beatdowns after beatdowns. The vocal patterns become very repetitive and grained on you. 
Unfortunately, I don't really want to go much more into it. I am talking about the EP Fear. It is by our Anchored Hearts. It is out now independently. And we give it a 4 out of 10. Next up for review is the new album by Cataclysm called Meditations. Now, Cataclysm are a band who, if you know your melodic death metal and your death metal, you know all about Cataclysm. They're a band that have been going strong for a long time now, and this album is very much sticking to what they do, and there's nothing wrong with that. This album's 10 tracks. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's very in-your-face. It's very brutal. Lots of blast beats. A lot of melodic feelings as well, and it feels fresh. For a band that's been going as long as they have, to not sound stale is a big tip of the cap in itself. It felt a bit boring after the second or third listen, but if you're into this band, you're going to love this. If you're not really sure about Cataclysm, I really recommend you go back and maybe find something else. It is strong though, and it's definitely not bad. The album is Meditations, it is by Cataclysm, and we give it a a 6.5 out of 10. Last album up for review this week is the new album by Tremonti called A Dying Machine. Now, Tremonti is the side project, or main project, if you will, of Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge and Creed fame. Now, they're a band that is interesting. They play radio rock, but while we've criticized radio rock previously, something about this band feels a little bit more edgier. The guitar tones are definitely meatier. There's more of a crushing feel to this mix. Some songs are very polished and radio-friendly, but then the tone of that guitars and the beats of those drums really take it to a little bit of a different level. There's no real surprises here. If you know Alter Bridge, you know what you're getting on this album. Some songs you'd possibly say were left on the writing room floor and didn't make an Alter Bridge album. It is entertaining though and it does does do its job very well. The longevity though of a band like this, I don't think there's much to it. They're a band that will fill out arenas, get a radio hit here or there, but in 10 years' time, I don't really think you're going to remember them. The album I'm talking about is A Dying Machine. It is by Tremonti, and we do give it a 5 out of 10. So that's it for Mosh Reviews this week. Done all over. Now... Give us some feedback. Did you agree with our reviews? Did you disagree with our reviews? Is there an album or an EP coming out that we've missed? Do you want us to give it a review? Is there something on the way that you think we should avoid? Are you in a band and you have a new album or EP coming out? Shoot us an email. Hit us up on social media. Get in touch and we'll start up a conversation and we'll get your music on the show. Of course, if you want to get in touch through email, it is themoshzone at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch through the website, it is www.themoshzone.com. Or if you want to use the social medias, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all with at themoshzone. Now, 
that time of the week it is for Mosh Interview. This week I got to sit down with Danny of Canadian hardcore band Get The Shot and what a great opportunity it was to chat to the guy and find out all about himself, the Canadian hardcore scene and also all about the band. Really exciting opportunity, really enjoyed the chat. That chat with Danny is coming up now. So, what was it like being an alternative hardcore kid growing up in Canada? Is the scene uh, big, or is it kind of very underground? I think it's mostly the same everywhere around the world. I mean, I've grew, you know, we've all come from different kind of scene. I'm more from the punk scene. I was just like, you know, lost youth, the last kid I was trying to find his way just to be I was just trying to be heard and I just I just found myself pretty comfortable into the punk scene and as well as I got you know more into the scene I listened to newer bands, heavier bands so I got into the hardcore scene and then that brought me to metals and stuff so basically I guess it's pretty the same around the world I mean just a bunch of kids having nothing to do and just are being pissed off about the world, so we just found our way to express ourselves and spit a little bit, you know? Now, how old were you when you got into this punk music? Were you still in your early teen years, or was it kind of later on in your teenage years? Actually, you know, we're all, in Give the Shot, we're all between the 32-ish to 35, so it's like we've been playing punk rock music for a long time, man. I mean, I started probably playing Basement Show when I was 12, so that's basically 20 years ago. Wow. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I started with the whole kind of Green Day vibe for me, and, you know, it was the same. Like, JP, our singer, is like, he was more into Iron Maiden and, you know, classic Metallica and stuff and more, like, Slayer and stuff like that. So we all found, like... Where I come from, I come from the suburb of Quebec City. There was not a lot of them. You know, there was a kind of punk rock scene because it was the hype, you know, and hardcore bands, it was the hype scene back then. But I came from, I come from the suburbs. So we were not invited, even in the punk rock scene back then when I was 12 years old. Nobody wanted back then to see a 12 years old kid. So we started doing our own basement show in the suburbs, just a bunch of, you know, wasted suburb and kids and just trying to playing music so that's where we started and then just making our own way you know wow at 12 years old like fuck wow so i mean what yeah, yeah that's pretty that's pretty you know that's pretty young to be into that but that yeah we've been playing music since a long time i've been playing with the drummer who got the shot since maybe 15 years old shit now what what made you want to play bass what made you pick up the bass of all instruments uh, <laughs> actually, I just wanted to be in a band. This is what I want. You know, since I'm, like, really young, like, 10 years old, this is the only thing that I want to do, you know, uh, playing music, basically. So so I started my own project, like, playing guitars and singing and stuff, and then then an, a space, you know, a place opened into another band from the area at the bass, so I said, yeah, yeah, fuck this. I got to play bass. I'm a bass player now. And uh, <laughs> I never touched any other instruments. And then, 
I just wanted to play back then. So if, if somebody told me, like, you, you play drum, I said, fuck yeah, I play drum. <laughs> I'll beat the shit out of the trap, you know? Now, what were your what, what were your musical inspirations um, as, at a young age? Was it Green Day? Was it Blink-182? What was it when you started out? What was the inspiration? I was, into, uh, I, was, I was into Green Day, but Green Day introduced me to, you know, uh, basically the whole Berkeley area scene, like AFI, mm-hmm. a lot was a big deal for me. And I guess maybe all, all those kind of, you know, the Berkeley scene, the Gilman Street, that kind of punk rock band, more mid-tempo punk rock band. Which and I always had a tendency to to heavier trashy stuff. So um, actually, I really got into hardcore music that changed my life. I was at maybe early in my early twenties, you know, with um, Hey Breed was probably my first. And then uh, when I when I met JP from Get the Shot, you know, he introduced me to a whole new world of music, you know, hardcore and stuff. So it was it was really good for me. So you started Get the Shot in around 2009, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. We're turning 10 years old uh, wow. in January. Now, how you were obviously... It's crazy, man. How fast it... It's fucking crazy. I mean, I mean, we were just um, beginners not so long ago. I mean, we were like a young band not so long ago, and then... Currently, like a couple of months ago, just one of my friends told me, no, you're a veteran now in fucking Quebec City. I said, oh, shit, man. <laughs> so that's crazy how time flies, man. That's crazy. Now, you were obviously, as you said, in other bands um, at the time. So how did Get the Shot all come together? Uh, we came together by, I, I guess, I don't know, man. This is... We just met. We just met. I was. I was. I wanted to play. I started the whole train. I guess the whole thing. I um with my previous band, it it just called quit. And so with my guitar player, I said let's do something heavier. And I was pissed because uh, for some reason. And I said let's create the most vicious band around, and let's put in the face of everybody. So I just tried to figure it out like the best member to be a touring band. So I I, I called. You know, I cold called a GP. I, I didn't know him. So I called him. I said, do you want to be in the band? He said, fuck yeah. And then we, I called Tom because our player said, do you want to be in the band? He said, fuck yeah. So we started just like people from around, you know, the community, the punk rock or the metal community. We just started playing together without knowing what kind of sound we want. We tried to do. If you, I, I don't know, have you heard the first demo, the first EP? Yeah, the EP in Fear We Stand. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was more. It was more like a, you, you can feel more like the melodic punk rock thing in it. I guess it was a different. It was a different lineup back then. But we're. I'm, I must say that uh, we're really more comfortable in what we do now. <laughs> we found our, our, our niche, I guess. Yeah. Well, that that EP. I mean, as you said, or demo is. It's always that first release. So there's always that feeling out um, situation. You're trying to discover yourself, and during that period. Were you guys really just trying to play any show you could get, or were you getting some decent shows? Marty, we were <laughs> we were never we never stopped. Back then, it was we jumped on every local show, basically every local show we, we were there. I think I guess some people kind of got annoyed back then because it was oh yeah again that band again oh get the shot again again then we started it was too much for the whole city so we started like doing some exchanges with different you know Ontario band or Canadian band and stuff even some United States 
like New York State's ban and just trying to exchange and do the whole network thing, like totally DIY. But we were, you know, we were playing like every weekend. We were weekend warriors. Yeah, you've got the, you definitely have like throughout your career, you've got that DIY work your ass off mentality. Is that something that you just, you stand by still to this day that you have to put in the yards? Yeah, and even if at some point, because in Gadishon, I'm, I'm more the, I'm not putting my touch musically, you know, during the compositions and stuff, the mm-hmm. creation of the art. I'm not putting my, my my touch, not that much. I'm more like the day-to-day guy. I'm more like the, I don't like to say that word, but I'm more the business guy, if I if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm more the guy who handling, you know, all, I, I used to book, to book the band for myself. So yes, of course, DIY is pretty pretty important for us and for me. But you know, I still consider ourselves, even if we're on a label, different labels like New Damage and Use of Pride in Europe and stuff, and we work with you know great agents in Europe like Avocado and stuff. I still consider ourselves like a DIY band because in the end, I just do whatever the fuck I want, and I just surrounded myself with different people that are passionate about music and about the band and about what we do. So I still think that it's important to do whatever we want. Yeah, and I think I think the way you guys do it also with playing a lot of shows, that's not that's kind of a dying thing now. Not a lot of bands are willing to really just work hard. Um, is that something that was just yeah. the way you've always been or is that something that you pride yourself in? Actually, you know, it, it was just for fun. So it was totally natural in a way. Like when we started, it was just like, yo, what's what we're going to do? Right now we're mostly like older and some of us got babies and got, you know, pretty calmed down. You know, I got sober 10 months ago. Oh, well, And the GP's not drinking. So, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And so, so the whole band kind of hop on the train, like the more, you know, more relaxed band. But when we were a kid, like, I mean, 24 or something, 22, I mean, like, what's we're going to do this weekend, you know? Fuck the bar scene in Quebec. Let's hop in a van with dirty guys and just play loud music and having some fun. So this is, we started just doing it for fun, for fun, for fun. I personally, I'm not talking about, you know, the other guys, but I personally wanted to do that as a lifestyle, like to do more. So I was always trying to be like the kind of locomotive, if you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's do more, let's hop on this tour, let's try to do this, do this, do this. And we just did that because it was fun. But at some point, we kind of cooled it down a little bit because um, for some guys, it was maybe a little bit harder with the personal life and stuff. So we just, we still play like a lot in a year, mm. but not just full time like we, we did when in our 20s. Now, But it's important. It's really important for us to be doing the thing on the road. I don't understand like nowadays, there's some bands that it's their thing. Like they just release some stuff and work around a you know internet community and Facebook and you know network like this and just not going on the ground on the field and getting dirty you know in a van and playing basement shitty shows and stuff you know. Well, that's what I mean. I think it's a dying art. I don't think bands are willing to anymore do what like yourselves do. You know, get in the van and tour Europe for two months straight and that kind of thing. I don't think a lot of people do it anymore. It's kind of gone. A lot of people want to do it, but when... Well, there's a lot of people that want to be in a touring band, but don't want to be a touring band. 
You know, when yeah. when they reach that, it's fucking hard. So being, you know, we don't do that anymore. Thanks, thanks. We don't do that anymore. But you know, sleeping on the on the floor in a squat or something, you know, it's, it can get hard. You know, after hundred days, you know. Oh yeah. Now, on your first album, Perdition or Peridition? How do you pronounce that? Yep. Per, yeah. Perdition. Perdition. So that was. I feel from an outsider's perspective, that's when you guys started to really discover your sound. Um, now, the way you were saying you, you're not really into the writing process or the creative stuff, but it feels like it's a very crossover sound you guys have. You have that unique, it's very hardcore, but it's very thrash orientated. Uh, where did this come from, this sound? Mm. I guess... But I was a little bit more involved back then in Perdition. It's the we still have the same lineup since that album. So it was still, I guess we really got our sound, our personal sound on uh, the other one, the next one, like um, No Peace in Hell. And, uh, no Peace in Hell, yeah, thanks, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, No Peace in Hell. But this one was still was still us trying to. With the, that lineup, trying to do whatever we want and trying to figure out a sound, we were still back then into a little bit more into punk rock and you know bands like Ceremony and stuff like that. You know, trying to do it pretty quick and strife. You know, the the whole ninety nineties you know hardcore scene. We were playing more faster back then, mm-hmm. but it was uh, it was pretty instinctive. It was just pretty just a bunch of guys just doing. Like we felt it back then, now, we felt like playing fast punk rock music. So, <laughs> and around that time, it looks like you guys. I mean, that was the time that you came into my knowledge because you were playing European oh. shows, and I was seeing this name get the shot on, you know, big name bills um, in Europe. You know, you were playing with bands I followed, and what was that like? You you suddenly. You know, you kind of had only been playing, you know, locally, as you were saying, and suddenly you're getting opportunities to play in spots of Europe and other parts of the world. What was that like for a bunch of young kids who were, you know, Canadian? The way I see it, it, the way I explain it is like once you've played and you've not had enough, but maybe like, like once you've seen what your scene in, you know, local scene has to offer and you played it all, you want to go the next city. Mm-hmm. Then once you've played all the next city around, you want to go like in another country. So we've reached a point that, you know, we said, okay, we want to play more, but people are getting, we're going to burn ourselves here if we don't go elsewhere. So we got an offer to go in Europe and it was, the first one was pretty DIY, like playing squats and stuff like this. The first two ones, it was, it was pretty, it was really fun, but what's, it, it gave us some fuel, man. I mean, there's there's two different things. I mean, I'm not going to say shit about North American scene because this is the scene that I grew up and I love. Mm-hmm. But there's another thing in Europe. Like, it's so inclusive. Mm. It's so inclusive and people are, you know, I don't know, there's a whole community. You feel it for real. Like, people were welcoming us, giving us some food every day and, a, you know, a roof on our heads every day without asking. We didn't have to like say, hey, can we crash on your floor tonight? No, no. It was in the deal. 
so and they were giving us like money to pay so we can afford it like we didn't make a lot of we didn't make any money of course but you know it, it was okay we didn't lose any money the first tour in Europe so we said yo man this is cool and this there's a following and there's a great scene over there and then we played I guess we did our thing and suddenly we got good offers or I don't know attention so we played on bigger bills and then I think it just evolved naturally yeah I think you're I mean I grew up in in Europe myself before I moved to Australia and I think you're spot on with the mm-hmm. European sorry where are you from? Oh, I grew up in England and Norway. Oh, cool. So I, I know what you Norway, mean. Norway, so you're used to the cold. Oh, unfortunately, man. Unfortunately. It's shit. Uh, you know no, I'm from Quebec. That. I'm from Quebec. I know about the cold. <laughs> there's, no such thing as, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know what you... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, you were saying? No, you're fine. So I know what you mean, like... In Europe, you're welcomed. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. They welcome it. And they also, I think the Europeans kind of notice hard work. They notice a band that works hard and then they kind of take them under their wing. Um, And Europe seems to be somewhere that you guys seem to now um, keep touring. It's amazing to see you guys over there so much. Yeah, it's going to be our 10th time, I guess, this summer. And you're playing Already all the festivals. Years, so. Yeah, we're playing, like, we, we have to talk about this. But, you know, it's, in, in Europe, what happened, I think, even at some point, we felt more welcome in France, basically. Basically, it was France. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of the language, because we're French-Canadian. Yeah, I'm French-Canadian. That's where the accent came from. But um, I don't know, we, we, we felt like really like a family thing in France and we got bigger over there and then Germany and stuff. But it, it, I think that we kind of got some recognition even in Canada, in our own country, after Europe kind of accepted us first, you know? Oh, so you think Canada paid attention because Europe paid attention? Yeah, they were they were seeing some videos of us like doing great shows and great things in Europe. So they were like, "Oh shit, uh, who's this band? Oh, they're from you know Quebec City. Oh," and then we started having better and better follow follow up and better shows here after we went in Europe. You know. Now, one one thing I've noticed is you guys, you know, you go to Europe, you play a lot of shows, obviously in Canada, but America, you guys don't seem to play as often um is there no is there a reason behind that or is it just you guys just don't aren't accepted what's going on there why not why not america um we've been there when we back then like in 2010 but it was just like diy small small shows and our friends you know stick to your guns brought us last year in um in new york around there but we've never did a proper tour. You're right. Um, there is one major reason is that uh, we try to, you know, it's super hard for us as Canadians to tour over there. We need working visas and the border. The customs are super, super hard with us. So basically, it's a lot of money. Oh. We're talking shit tons of money to get proper working visas and stuff. 
So we kind of wait for, there's a lot of people asking for us to go in the city, but I don't want to do it like the, the, the old good DIY way and book like a tour for myself and risking like, it's going to be like, you know, we're going to break our backs and it's going to be hard and maybe we, we're going to lose some money. So we're kind of wait for the best time, you know, to go, but definitely it's going to come soon. Now, moving on to the next album that you mentioned before, No Peace in Hell. Um, this yeah. This album, I think, really like, it felt like it launched you guys um, in the hardcore scene. Um, suddenly, you know, you were touring a lot more and you became a bit of a, I don't like the word, but a bit of a name, um, if you would. Um, do you feel like this was the moment or around this time you started you know, thinking we can do this, this is something we can achieve? I mean, this is, there's a lot of ways to, you know, attack this question because, I mean, we were just doing our things. We don't see that. I can see it now. Like, if I look into the, I look at the past, I can see things evolving but back then, I didn't see it that much. It was just a little, yo, let's do this and let's do that. And doing a name, I, I never thought, like, let's make a career out of it. Mm. Because it was more, like I said, a lifestyle. And I was trying to, I think it got me, it got more into infinite punishment that I said, okay, there's a lot of offers now. There's a lot of people, good and good people want to work with us. What are we going to do? And it. So, but back then, at, for No Peace in Hell, I mean, we were still trying, grinding, you know, to, to find proper tours. And that this is when we got the offers for, you know, the Comeback Kid and These Nuts tour. And we really started to play, like, bigger, bigger shows. And then... That was a game changer, of course. And then, of course, you mentioned Infinite Punishment, which came out last year, which is fucking huge. That album is... The way you guys have rolled on, it's really like, I mean, this album has to be probably your favorite. I mean, it's the defining album so far in the career. Um, you took a lot of time out before you released it because everything else had been kind of a two-year cycle. And this one was three years, maybe close to four. Um, was there a real yeah. focus for going into Infinite Punishment? Did you take extra time to write and record? It was a bit of a pain in the dick, actually, <laughs> <laughs> because um, actually, you know, we, we we played because No Peace in Hell was a good album and we started to have a better show. You know, a live show was getting bigger because we had stronger songs like Cold Hearted and, you know, like kind of singles in a way, if I can, if I can say. So the shows were getting better and stronger and, you know, solid. So we played a lot on that album, and then we started, oh, okay, we got to work on a new album. And when we started writing, we didn't want to do the same album two times in a row. Mm -hmm. So we kind of tried to change things, and we tried to avoid mistakes that we've made and find more our own sounds on that album. So we kind of work like Gip, our guitar player, mostly wrote... 44 songs. Wow. He wrote 44 songs and we, you know, we cut it 
like 24 that we've recorded as a kind of pre-production, and then we cut it to 12. So it was, yeah, it was longer than expected because, you know, at every new, newer song that we we wrote, it was like, oh, no, okay, I think we got something. Oh, no, we got something with this one. So we kind of worked it harder than we were expected, I guess. Now, on that album, the kind of the lead single, um, Black and Sun had Black and Sun had Jesse from Stick to Your Guns. Um, now, how did that link up happen, and why that song first of all songs on the album? Why yeah. that one first, the single? I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna tell you a great story. It was it was kind of cool. I was more like I said, I was more like I never listened to Stick to Your Guns in my whole life before a couple of years ago. It, I was not into that kind of that kind of scene. I was listening to more like you know I don't know a whole hardcore band or seventies punk rock and stuff. So it was not my 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 type. But then I um, I just heard from a friend like, hey, the guy from Stick Your Guns is always talking about you. I said, oh yeah, I don't know them. Why? He said, you think you're pretty good, and he lives in Montreal now. So Jesse lived in Montreal for a couple of years. So I kind of hook him up on Twitter or something. So yo, what's up? And he said, yo, I really dig your band and stuff, and I want to work with you guys and stuff, blah, blah, blah. So he kind of became our own manager. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Jesse, Jesse Barnett is our manager. Wow. That's pretty yeah, unique. Yeah, this is it. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So then when, when, I, when I heard, like, okay, I'm going to work with the man, so I better know his music. <laughs> so I got into Stick to Your Guns, and, I, you know, I'm really digging it. Is a great lyricist. The music is really, really great, powerful. But as you know, I've I've known this guy now, and he's a great human being. He got a great view on the world. He got a great view on the business. Because yes, music is a lifestyle, but it's a business. So yeah, we started working with him. So once we uh, we wrote the album, it was sure for us that he was gonna be on the album. And this song was just, I think, the better fit. So we just came into the studio and nailed it one one take. Wow, one take. That was pretty natural. What about yeah. um, what about Alex? He's a machine. He's a machine, man. What about Alex from Obey the Brave? Now he's obviously, you know, from Quebec. If I'm yeah, correct, yeah, that, that was not planned at all. That wasn't planned either. That was not planned at all. No, 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 no. We were working with a guy from Cryptopsy, Chris from our record. He produced. Actually, we produced the record, but he kind of engineered it. And uh, we were in Montreal, so I just texted Alex, which is uh, is a good friend of mine from The Spice Icon and Obey the Brave, and we toured with them and stuff. I just said, hey, we're in a studio in Montreal. Do you want to come over? So he just came. We gave him some lyrics, and he just spit it out in the mic, and that was it. Ugh. That Ugh. wasn't planned. It, it was not... It was not uh, we always... If you listen to the... All the album on Perdition, there was some local guy. It was mm. some friends, close friends singing on the album, guys from Quebec. And then on the other album, it was guy from Montreal, close friends too again. And on Infinite Punishment, it was not a stunt from us to have a name. We never paid those guys, you know, to, hey, let's have the Stick Your Guns or, or the Spice Icon guy on the album. It's just like they're close friends to us. So it was, again, just pretty natural. Well, that's the thing. It, it those songs come off natural; they don't feel forced. Um, and like you said, you guys aren't strangers to having guest vocalists. Like on "No Peace in Hell," there's a few local guys on there, so it never felt forced. But um, an interesting 
thing I wanted to ask about with that album is some bands when they do the thank you notes they do a massive list you know it's it's like I loved it and you know there's there's four paragraphs of people they want to thank and they thank their neighbor's dog and all this kind of fucking shit but you guys kept it really simple and I loved it it just says we'd like to thank nobody the people we love and whom we are eternally grateful already know who they are wow like yeah. to the point actually it was it was it was you know back then in the 90s how old are you uh 35 35 so we're pretty basically from the the same era yeah back then for me there was no way no internet to know newer bands and stuff so the only way back then was to read those liner notes you know exactly oh, okay this band they thank this band this band so you you just try to guess and buy those albums and basically was it but i think you know nowadays yeah i can thank a lot of people but then you start thinking and forgetting one and who's gonna go there and basically, you know, what happened to us in the past couple of years is once you dedicate yourself to the band, it's pretty like us against the whole world at some point. Mm. And so you, at some point you lose some friends, some people just, there's some knife in the back and stuff and just, just life happened. So it was for us, it was a statement, just, you know what, I love my band. I love the people that I work with and, you know, the people that I love knows it so i don't want to thank nobody except you guys and you know who you are yeah i loved it uh it and as you said it um the only disappointing thing is you didn't thank any bands because I, i'm the i was the same when i grew up it was you'd buy that hate breed album and the first thing you do is while listening to it look at the bands they name and you go oh i've never heard of that band better check her, it out her crisis boom yes. change your life <laughs> <laughs> now um i know you don't. You're not involved in lyrics, but I wanted to ask a bit about, you know, your insight into obviously where the lyrics are. The lyrics are definitely something that makes you guys a bit different and unique in this style of music because it has that obvious hardcore undertones, but there is kind of an underlining uh, anti-world, anti-religion kind of feeling to it is that something that jp um does on his own accord or is that something that everyone's kind of involved with and has the same feelings we most most of us got the same view on the world so basically there's a you know we've grew up listening to propaganda and you know bad religion and you know about slayer even so there's this I don't consider ourselves like we're not a political band in in this you know the sense like propaganda is a you know a political band. Mm. We're but we have strong opinions about the world we live in. So which for us is just pretty you know common sense. It just for me it's to say fuck racism, fuck sexism, fuck homophobia, and fuck fascism. To me is just basic things of the world we live in. Yeah. And it just, so, so I don't want, it's not, you know, political for me, just like it's the way that it's supposed to be. And there's no argument here. So it was pretty important for us to, that it reflects in um, our lyrics and as, as uh, our strong opinion against religion and some people consider us like sadness or something, it's just, we don't believe in nothing, but 
we grew up in Quebec City, which was in Quebec. Quebec was like a really empowered, you know, Catholic. It was really oppressed. We were oppressed by religion, like it's in the culture. So this is why I think we want to just break all the chains and say, fuck God, because let me think by myself, you know? I, lo- I love it. I love every, every everything about it. And have you have you encountered any? I mean, with the modern social media keyboard warrior shit that goes on, have you noticed? Has there been any negativity towards you guys because of your lyrics? Has there been anyone that's kind of had a go at you about it? Is there any closed mind people, in other words? No, but yeah, maybe you know what happened recently is it's not about the religion thing because it, I think. As you said, we've never played into strong, you know, um, Christian, like in the States, like, you know, the Christian, the God States and stuff, you know? Mm. So maybe over there we can have more reaction. But right now in Canada and Europe and I guess Australia too, as well, there's nobody gives a fuck about God anyway, you know, or yeah. the idea of behind God. And we're not going to talk about other religions because I, I, I didn't grow up into that. I was not oppressed by, you know, any Jewish thoughts or something, so I'm not, or, or any Islam thoughts, or I'm not going to talk about it. I'm talking about, you know, uh, Jesus and the Christianity because this is where, this is what I know, you know? <clears throat> but, uh, no, we've never had any, um, any, uh, slack about the religion, but there's a lot of slack about being, you know, seeing fuck fascism and stuff. What? Some really? people are, are, yeah, 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 there's a lot of people like, you know, there's a whole kind of neo-fucking-Nazi scums yeah. that's tried to always to, to react on, you know, on YouTube or something and because we say fuck fascism, you know? That's just, that's weird. But it's, it's going to be it. Have you seen, have you seen recently, like, Ministry just released an album called American NTF K- or something like that? No, I think, wasn't it America KKK something? Or something. Yeah, America KKK, but the, mm. the first single was Antifa, and they lost like nuclear blast. Received a lot of hate mail about. So I don't know. It's kind of like being left, leftist, left wing right now is kind of being. I don't know. I don't know. There's a fucking rise of the the, the right wings, and I I think it's stupid. And I think that we need to scream it louder. Fuck fascism, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just, I can't believe that saying that is getting you heat. That's, uh, mm. but, um, go back. Have, have you, it's the same thing happened with Straight From The Pat. Yes. Yes, it did actually. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they also. And I think it was pretty cool for them. It was a pretty cool video. It was pretty cool lyrics. It's, it's, yeah. If you're cops. fucking racist, you're fucking nasty, just fuck you. They copped That's a lot of hate as well. Anyway, they 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 are a band that, well, it looks like down in Australia they really split the margin. Um, I think that's uh, and that's a question for you guys or for you is um, do you do you feel any outside pressure in the current climate of music to uh, do a certain thing? Because you know you look at bands like Stray from the Path, they do what they want to do. They made this album that shows their influences and it's pushed their sound a bit further and then they've copped all this negativity and all this hate are you worried that if you change your sound on the next album that people are going to hate you and you're going to lose fans 
But have you see, have you realized that it was not about this? The sound was just an excuse. It was I think it was because of the message mm-hmm. that a political. They say a political. Have you seen that every fucking kid that's saying is apolitical is most of the time pretty on the right side. So yeah. it's basically because of the message that, uh, yeah, it was on the message show. They received some flag about the music right after because people didn't enjoy the lyric about it. I think so, it was And you know what? We're playing right, yeah, we're playing right now in more, a little bit more into the metal scene. Like we're playing Hellfest and like metal festival and stuff. And I think we've never received any bad comments from the the metal scene by saying, you know, strong opinion about, you know, politics or stuff like that. So I think it's good to to say it again and again and again. Yeah. Now, speaking of, you mentioned Hellfest, you've got coming up, well, first off, you, you did Mexico. Which yeah. is, like, for an Australian like outset what the hell was that like was that were you getting turnouts or was it very much basement shows what was it like doing a mexican tour okay i'm gonna try to make like a clear image in you but just before that like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do like a prequel of that okay we toured cuba Mm -hmm. yeah we toured cuba so yeah that was something you know, Cuba, that was really something. We were one of the first bands. I mean, we even played on the island before the Rolling Stones. Like, wow. nobody fucking played Cuba back then. So we went there, over there, and it was crazy. Like, we played on shitty amps, and it was just free show. Nobody knows about the music. and But people were having fun, so it was really cool. It was something. But then in, in Mexico, it was... Uh, we were... A lot of people were knowing the songs by heart. I mean, it was... Small shows, like 100, 100 to, yeah, maybe 80 people to 150. Mm-hmm. You know, you can imagine, this is a great show. And every people were waiting for us and singing the song and wearing the merch and stuff. So there is a hardcore scene over there. And not a lot of bands are touring over there because most of the people have maybe misconception or a little bit scared mm-hmm. because it's, um, it might, it, it made, there's some pretty hard, neighborhood i guess mm-hmm. but uh, we were you know renee that we worked with just uh he's touring with integrity right now so he knows he knows the hardcore scene so it was really cool man it was an experience uh it, it looked from all the photos i'd seen it looked looked like once in a lifetime or you know an epic thing now speaking of hellfest that you mentioned you guys are playing some Big fucking festivals in Europe coming up. Man, this is crazy. This is, I think, oops, sorry. I think if the bands kind of split after that, I will be able to say like, okay, I did what I had to do with the music. Because, buddy, this is 30 dates during the summer, with including 17 major festivals. I mean, man, Hellfest is 65,000 people. It's insane. Can you believe that? We're, punk, we're, we're just a bunch of, you know, Quebec, French, Canadians, punks. And that, I don't know how we got ourselves, but we're going to be on the Hellfest, which is incredible. Yeah, but it's not just Hellfest. You know, you're playing, um, I was over in England and Europe 
last year and one of the big, yeah yeah one of the big ones was reality bites festival you're playing that with Chromags and terror um you're yeah. playing resurrection fest in spain with you're playing on the same bill Rockstar, as kiss yeah, fest. like it's yeah, we can we, we can name it all but Yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, now, what is, apart from these European dates, what's on the horizon for the rest of the year? I know you're, by the time this comes out, you will have dropped your new music video. I know that. Um, but what yeah, else? Yeah, Faith Ripper. It, yo, it was, uh, it was cool. We released that. We recorded that. And uh, we shot that in Quebec City. And we haven't played Quebec City for a year. So it was cool, man. It was crazy. A bunch of kids showed up, and we were having fun on Easter Day. You know, Easter Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, we shot that. We can. I can't wait to put it out. So yeah, what we're gonna do after this? This is a heavy run. We're playing like thirty days in summer, like I said. But then I guess we will have to worry a little bit. Actually, you know, um, we decided as a band. Like it's pretty, it's it's amazing that we got a lot of offers, we got a lot of attention from from touring agents and bands and stuff like that. We got some pretty strong opportunity, but we we decided as a band like just to to do it our own way so everybody can be happy. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna be like on the road like crazy. We're gonna choose a little bit more. So I don't know what's gonna come for after. Of course, we're gonna. We're going to tour again, but I don't know yet what's to come in fall or winter or I don't know yet. But what what, what is good about about that? You know, we I'm pretty flattered that we received all this tour offer. If we wanted, we can tour like all year long and on great bands and stuff. But I guess this is not the same. We're getting older a little bit, you know. Mm. Now, what about Australia? Has anyone offered you the chance to come down here? Australia, yeah, we um, we're wor- working on this really hard. I hope to go there. I hope to go there. I've thought I, I, we spoke with it with Jesse, mm-hmm. you know, Jesse from uh, our manager. So he said like we're maybe gonna work something else pretty soon. We already released um, Perdition like with a small label called Ten Fifty Four. Yeah, from Australia. Do you know them? Yeah, great, great hardcore label down here from Melbourne. Yeah, so we released Perdition on that album and of course we got we are close friend with these nuts. Yeah. And they come from Australia. So you know, we got great friends in Hellions too, so a couple of dudes around. So yeah, it's gonna come. I don't um, know when, but of course we're gonna play Australia soon. Yeah, I guess well, probably me. You know next year, I guess. Next year. Let's make it happen. What do you think? I think I think we need it. We we need I mean, the Australian seed needs to at least see you guys in the live setting. Um, seeing it on YouTube and seeing it online is great, but we need it in our face. Uh, we need it. Um, it needs to happen. Yeah, and you just you just had my buddies from Cancer Bat. Yeah. So yep. I think it, it's about time. It's about fucking time that we go there. Well, you've been you've been it, a band for ten my... years, so mm, about time. Yeah, it's on my bucket list, man. But uh, you know, it's pretty for me. It's like pretty far, so we have to make it. Uh, Make it work. Go there and have some fun. The time of my life, Sabote. 
Uh, yes, of course, we're going to come soon. Now, last question I've got before we wrap things up. Um, I wanted to ask you a question and a bit of insight into, you know, you're my age, you've seen the music industry change and evolve over the years. It's gone from you had to buy CDs and magazines to find out about bands, and now everything is at your fingertips. Um, do you see the music industry uh, as an at, a, at an exciting time, or do you see things at a challenging point for being in a band? Um, I just recently know about what we call in music industry, because back mm. then it was just for me it was the word music scene. Yes, it was not about an industry at all, and we just started, which is kind of crazy because I I, I started going into the punk movement to avoid capitalism and avoid like you know the nine to five and money thing mm. but it seems to me like i'm just fucking talking about money anymore <laughs> you know <laughs> being in a band like yeah we want to tour australia but oh expensive the, the flight tickets are and i'm always talking about money and business and stuff like that so i'm passionate about the music industry but yeah of course it's hard it's really hard but i think it's pretty there's a lot tons of bands right now with internet there's tons of them and everybody can record something and put it out to the world. But, uh, I guess only the strong guests will survive. I guess if yeah. you, yeah, if you, if the, I think for me, the only thing that really matters is to reach the community and reach the people, you know, by going on the road, playing basement shows and start, you know, if you put heart, and passion into what you do. This is what remains in the end, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. At some, at some, there's, no, there's no magic or, you know, magic recipe to uh, to be on the fucking huge festival tour or a tour with Come Back It or something like that. It just At some point, you just play the music, put your heart into it, and go on the road. Play some, Just play some fucking music. Oh, play well, every well, day so of your life. And meet some friends and then so this is this will always be you know there will always be hardcore community all around the world but what is cool right now is like you can put out your music in good quality and everybody's going to listen to it for free which is pretty cool it is it's a unique situation we've got now now before i maybe go there's, there, maybe there's two more i guess i don't know is there two more too many bands is I... it can we have too many bands? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's. I think the only thing problem that we have nowadays um, is the attention span of the average listener is short. So. Oh yeah, man. Even so, for me. Yeah. I'm guilty, man. It's you know if they go, oh, I don't like that song, then they ignore the band and go and listen to a band from Lithuania. It's it's weird that every it, there is a lot of positives, but I think the attention span and the want for music, I don't think it's as big as it used to be. Um, I still collect CDs and vinyl, but I don't know anyone else that does. It's weird. It's strange. Yeah. But you know, even even for me, and I, I I suffer from it, like because of Facebook, and I try to just avoid it a little bit. But if you don't, if a video is, if you don't hook me after twenty seconds, you know, I'm I'm gone. Mm. And it's sad because it wasn't back then. It was just like I put, you know, when I put a tape in the tape, the tape deck, you know, yeah, you know, a tape. 
So you, you, you cannot choose the fucking song. You have to listen to the whole thing. You know, so, so, and then we had CD with, we can, you know, when you put $20 on a CD, you better listen to it, you know, in, entirely, you know? Yeah. But yeah. right now, if everything's for free, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have the same relation with music as I used to be, I guess. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Now, before we go, I do a segment called Pick Your Poison. So you have two yes. options and you pick your favorite of the two. So we're just going to kind of delve in and get to know a little say that, bit more. Say that again. Sorry, sorry. Say that again. So I give you two options. You pick your favorite of the two. Yes. Okay. So pizza or burger? Pizza. Slayer? Fuck or, yeah, pizza all the way. Slayer or Pantera? Slayer. Beach or snow? Beach, man. Fuck the snow. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Cat? And if you don't agree, come to Quebec for a whole fucking six months of summer. Of, of winter, sorry. You know, it, this shit never ends. It's just always snowing there, isn't it? Yeah, you just we just, it, it's we it's early spring here right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> cat or dog? Oh, I got to tell you something. I'm a dog guy. I always been a dog guy, and I kind of you know I didn't understand cat. I didn't I didn't back then. But then my I wanted to have a puppy, a dog, and my girlfriend wanted to have a cat, so we made a compromise, and we have a cat now. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so I just I just had a baby cat like a couple of days ago, a kitten, and I'm so in love with that little thing. So I'm gonna say for now, I'm a cat guy. Ooh, chicken or beef? I'm gonna say tofu. Oh, you're what? Are you vegan? No, I'm I'm vegetarian. Oh, nice. Okay, so hang on, I'll give you a different one. Spinach or cauliflower? But let's go. Let's, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not strict. What was your question? I'm. I'm curious. Chicken or beef? Oh. Mm. No, actually, no. I'm gonna stick with tofu. <laughs> <laughs> um, cinema or couch? Hmm. Ah, oh, buddy, I'm a, I'm a romantic. I used to love cinema. I still love it, but I cannot afford it anymore. So I'm gonna say couch. Couple left: Terminator or Predator? Oh, buddy, you're killing me over there. <laughs> uh, Predator. Ooh, nice. Go back to the chopper now. <laughs> CD. Or downloading? Mm, you said downloading. Mm. You don't You don't say streaming. You said downloading. So yeah. I'm going to say CD. Nice. And last one, touring or recording? Touring. Sick. Touring all over, yes. Now, Dan, thank you so much, dude. It was really fun. Let's try to uh, to do a second part like uh, soon.
So that was my chat with Danny. And I've get the shot. Thank you so much, dude, for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. Really, really appreciate it. Great chat, great opportunity, and very thankful for him for taking time out for the show. As you heard at the end there, we will be doing a second part to this. We will be doing a part two with the man. And in that one, we'll be delving into more of his hobbies and his outside musical endeavors. We'll be bringing that to you in the next couple of months. And we'll be getting that recorded around the time he's finished trekking through Europe and hitting up all the festivals with Get The Shot. Also, of course, if you haven't checked out the band yet, what are you waiting for? Get online. Get onto iTunes, get onto Bandcamp, get onto Spotify, get onto all those services and grab the guy's music. You won't be disappointed. If you like your hardcore, if you like a bit of a crossover feel, a bit of a metallic feel to your hardcore, check out these guys. Can't recommend them enough. I'm a massive fucking fan. And again, thank you, Dan, for coming on the show. Great opportunity to give you guys a spotlight on this show and looking forward to the second part. And that is The Mosh Zone, episode 21, done for this week. We're all finished. It's in the bag. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I've enjoyed putting it together. Next week, more exciting albums to review and another great chat coming up. Of course, if you've got the time this week, help us out. Share the podcast. Tell your mates. Tell your neighbours. Tell your grandmother. Help us spread the word about the Mosh Zone community and help us get this show out to more listeners. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. If you're a frequent listener, thank you for coming back. As always, don't forget to subscribe and follow our website, which is www.themoshzone.com. Also, don't forget to like and follow us on social medias. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all with at the Mosh Zone. And if you want to send us an email, send us an email at themoshzone at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe. Have a great week. Open the pit.